We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. It's here, Kansas fans. A new era is here. This is the Booth Review postgame show presented by Emprise Bank. You may not get Alexa to fold the laundry, but you can transfer money with voice banking, transfer money, make a loan payment, get your routing number, and even find ATMs while making dinner or the TV timeout of the Jayhawk game. Uh, I am here uh, mm-hmm. with my dear pal Scott Chasen who is live from the booth, uh, from a sold-out experience at the booth, Scott Chasen, at Twitter, or uh, at Scott. Chasen Scott, I'm discombobulated, at Chasen Scott on Twitter. Hi. Hello. Hello, Kent. Um, If the service is bad, it's because 50,000 people were just here, so I apologize (laughs) in advance if I cut out at all. No, Kent, electric atmosphere, electric game. I think you're starting to see Kansas turn a page here yeah. from like the team that it's kind of a meme and kind of funny that they're winning to a team that was absolutely better than Duke. should have won that game by more than they did. I mean, first drive, fourth and one turn, you know, turn it over on downs at the one yard line. Then they have a fumble. I mean, those were Duke's only stops until what, like the fourth quarter of this game, basically. So look, Kansas, again, this is another time where you say Kansas kind of dominated this game and showed up great. But Kent, Kansas handled some expectations with a big crowd in a really important game. That is a huge step for this program. It wasn't the prettiest result. I think that's a huge step for this Kansas football team. So I was at the booth today. Uh, I was with my wife. Uh, and I was actually with both my kids. We had some stuff fall through late. Uh, with- not just the favorite one. Not just the favorite one. We had our six-year-old uh, and our 14-month-old at the booth in the family section I felt the expectations as a fan. And I think there was more people kind of in in the same 
boat as I was at that stadium. Like you could feel the expectations. You could feel the tension of wanting to just root for this football team and, and, and wanting them to kind of, you know, break through in another big way. And I, I didn't understand that magnitude. I don't think until I got there. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was not the prettiest game, but this team fought the expectations and it fought a three and O Duke team and mm -hmm. was inarguably better than them. I, that game was fake close to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was I, really the only thing that Duke had going for them during this game was throwing out big chunk outside the number fade routes, you know, some big, big chunk plays winning at the catch point. That was really it for the Duke offense. I thought yeah. personally, and then this 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 KU team shot themselves in the foot several times to keep this game in arm's reach of Duke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Kent, defensively, what Kansas wanted to do today was stop the run. And they did. Again, effectively, they turned Duke into a passing team, which Duke still had some success doing. And, you know, at times had success offensively. But again, to your point, Kansas left more points on the board than Duke did. And this was a game where you look up at the scoreboard and for most of the first half, Duke's sitting there at like 10 points, give or take. I think they got a field goal late. Um, maybe I'm misremembering the score, but Kansas was ahead two scores and then back down to eight. Kansas kind of controlled this thing. I like fake close. That's a term I'll use. But I'll tell you what, I kind of want to start the conversation here about Jalen Daniels because at a certain point, he is a Heisman candidate through four weeks. He absolutely is. He's been the best quarterback in the Big 12, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Third down and 10. Kansas 15 yard line, Kansas is up eight. So all you need is a field goal. It was like six minutes left in the fourth quarter, give or take field goal. You're up two scores, probably going to win that game. He threw a ball in such a tight window to Quentin Skinner between two defenders. Sorry, I'm doing the hand motions again. I'll have I to love stop it. that. I love it. Um, but he fitted into how else will people know how tight the window was, Kent? It was a tight window and Quentin Skinner makes an incredibly difficult catch but that's a throw that takes some balls to throw in the first place. Like I'm sure the coaches are telling him, do not put that ball in jeopardy. Do not turn this thing over. And the guy with all the charisma, the leader of this team, the guy who's now had five total touchdowns in back to back weeks, puts a beautiful ball, quick strike right on target. KU gets a touchdown. Then Duke scores a touchdown. Kansas wins by eight. That to me encapsulated the growth of Jalen Daniels who has just become this sort of mastermind quarterback who can pick you apart any number of ways. And after the game, you know what? Jalen Daniels was talking about reads he didn't make and how there was a give to, to Devin Neal. He should have given him, and he might have had a touchdown late in the game too. I think it was – I think it might have been on the final possession too. Yeah, I'm just yeah. guessing. Mm -hmm. uh, just watching through the you know the, the game live, uh, I watched the – I was able to watch the fourth quarter from home. We got home. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our two kids – our two kids <laughs> were not having it. We were only – we only got to be there for half the game. Too much cheering. Uh, yeah, they just, yeah, they, they weren't ready. They weren't, they weren't about that life. It's okay. They're, they're, they're still young, but yeah, no, I, I think I saw a couple of those things. I, 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 it was not a clean performance. And I think that's, what's so encouraging about this game weirdly is I, I, I think Kansas, Kansas should have beat the brakes off this team, like on paper I, I, or not even on paper. I think Kansas is the better football team. Inarguably, there's no doubt about it. Neutral site. They win that, they win that game. Uh, I think they win that game comfortably um, if they mm -hmm. play it, you know, 10 out of, that's not 10 out of 10 times. It's nine or eight out of 10. That team is Kansas is better than Duke. Um, can, can I make a quick point about the Duke defense? And I'm, I'm curious where you're at with this. Like Mike Elko had those guys in the right positions a lot of the time, 
But Kansas won a lot of those one-on-one battles, especially like LJ Arnold, Daniel Hyshaw. Absolutely. I mean, he Marshawn Lynch through the defense on one play, even Jalen Daniels, like Devin Neal, before he got banged up, it felt like Kansas to your point was just better when the, the execution was there. Kansas got open plays. And when it wasn't, Kansas was still good enough to win those one-on-one matchups. I thought, I think, um, I think Duke did a pretty good job on, on the backs, on the running backs, weirdly. I mean, from a, from a run fit perspective, like I think there was a little bit of like, you know, we're going to try to get some shots on the quarterback a little bit They're You know, I'm not saying that they're willing to let Jalen Daniels give, but I, I think they had the wall pretty well built on a lot of plays. I think you saw, you know, it was a little bit of feast or fame in the run game for, mm-hmm. for KU this week because, um, you know, like they, they were getting into some, and long situations on third downs, you know, first down run didn't work. Second down run one or two yards. Like that was happening here or there in this game. But, you know, Jalen Daniels made some good decisions running the football um, and they busted some big plays at times. They were able to get some explosives out of it. So, you know, it was a little bit of a mixed bag running the football. And uh, yeah, I think that the the defense did a really good job against the run. But now it. I think this is where I need to rant. Can I rant for a second? Go Uh, off. Go off, Kent. Go off. We've been waiting. Last week, in game preparation, uh, in his his pre-game, you know, midweek press conference, Dana Holgerson called Jalen Daniels a running back that can throw. I didn't like that very much. Scott, I think that was disrespectful to one of the Heisman candidates in college football, Jalen Daniels, and what he's able to do as a dropback passer. I know that this offense has a lot of moving pieces and parts that maybe kind of, you know, overshadow some of the true real dropback game that this team has shown, that Jalen Daniels has shown in the last few years. I think you got to see a little bit of it this week. I think one of the like, I think KU was in more traditional drop back looks this mm-hmm. week than they had in previous previous weeks. And guess what, Dana? He's a quarterback. <laughs> He's a passer. He can drop back as good as about anybody in college football these days. He's a good passer. And I thought it was extremely disrespectful the way he kind of and yes, Jalen was a running back against Houston a little bit. Don't get me wrong. But I think that's disrespectful. He's a quarterback that can run like a running back. And I think there's a distinction there that needed to be set. And I think Jalen Daniels proved it again today because I thought he did a really nice job in the past game in a lot of different areas. Um, so I just, yeah, I, I was very annoyed by that. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to finally start getting some respect on his name in every facet of the game. Yeah, well, think about the throw he had kind of off his back foot, fading backward where he threw it to, to Luke Grimm in the corner of the end zone. Um, that was phenomenal. He also makes plays. You know, I was talking to Luke Grimm after this one and I just asked him like with all the counters and offensive, like kind of wrinkles, Kansas puts in like what percent of the offense would he say they've shown? And Luke Grimm looks at me and he goes 3% and then he goes 2%, 1%. And I'm, I'm like, how do you guys, like, how do you get all these plays? And he said, every Monday they go over 50 new plays for the week, 50. And then Tuesday they're drilling those 50 plays. And, and I think it shows but now think about the quarterback, Jalen, Dan- like for a receiver, for a running back, for a blocker, you're doing a lot of the same things for Jalen Daniels. He is the maestro of this offense. Like he's got to make sure everyone is in the right spots. Just, I'm, he's got to make the reads. He's got to make the decisions. Sometimes it's running the ball. Sometimes it's putting his body in jeopardy than coming right back and throwing the ball. I think he's being asked to do way more 
than a comment calling him like a running back that also throws the ball would tend to do. Now, I think he probably meant it complimentary. But yeah, Jalen Daniels is a really, really good quarterback. And and think about the stress he's putting on the defense now. Like Kansas will run a pre-snap jet or, you know, pre-snap move a guy, you know, left side of the field to the right. Now, all of a sudden, Duke is taking safeties and the direction the guy just cleared out of, they're moving him up to the line of scrimmage because they don't know which way his KU is going and what's real and what's fake, what's moving around. And again, Jalen Daniels has to keep all of that in his mind. Um, Kent, to me, this was Jalen Daniels' best game so far because mm-hmm. he really didn't put the ball in jeopardy. He made huge plays. He made plays into some tight windows. And, and candidly, he could have been better. Like, he still could have been better. He had five touchdowns. He had a career high in, in uh, receiving yards. I think he had over 400 yards if you count what he did rushing the ball. He was phenomenal. And I think this Duke team played Kansas pretty close to how some other defenses are going to try to play Kansas defensively. The fact that he had success today and found the right one-on-one matchups, I think that's a huge deal for this Kansas team. Yeah, very good decision maker today. Um, I think he threw the ball pretty well, all things considered. Um, I, a couple of throws that stick out to me, the fade uh, to Luke Grimm. Uh, on late in the first quarter was massive was a Mm -hmm. huge huge play i think that kind of put the put the jayhawks in control of that game uh the throw coming out of the second half to lj arnold uh you know in in their territory in plus territory throwing a a strike kind of in between a a deep safety and a a corner it looked like it might have been some kind of cover two look um or some kind of you know too high structure there and, and just throwing a dot there um, those were two big plays there. And you talked about, you know, the, the red zone play to, to Quentin Skinner. I actually think he throttled that. I think he tried to throttle Quentin Skinner down a little bit on that dig route too. I don't know. Like he was trying to protect him from hitting into that, you know, into that linebacker in the middle of the field. So like I, there was some really, really strong 19 to 23, 324 yards, uh, four touchdowns, 87 yards on the ground, 411 yards of offense running in pass, um, to you know for Jalen Daniels now um he was awesome we have to talk about where 73 of that 324 yards came from (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it was it was Daniel Hyshaw's incredible effort uh for a, a a receiving touchdown in the first quarter and I'll tell you I'll tell you we we, we can talk about you can talk about the play in a second here Scott but Mm -hmm. When I look at that play, I was there at the stadium for the first half. I was feeling the energy and the tension. That touchdown catch, which really doesn't do what Daniel Hyshaw did mm-hmm. justice there. A lot of yak. A lot of yak. Uh, he was yeeting uh, a lot of Duke players, too. <laughs> that was a moment to me that broke the nerves, that broke and changed the energy of that building and for that football team and i think everything after that was a lot different that was just a strong response in a game that was tight where ku hadn't really played particularly well yet um and he just goes out and makes one of the most outstanding individual performances you're going to see all season to get a 73 yard touchdown i that that was a moment for me when i'm watching kansas football that tells me hey look like things are different and that was proof yeah, I'm going to rave about Daniel Heisha. I want to start with the pass there because last week I highlighted a few instances where a blitzer came and instead of shying away, immediately tucking, running the opposite direction, Jalen turned into the direction of the blitzer and found a guy, found two running backs and a tight end last week. 
Um, and, and he did it again, right? A blitzer, an extra blitzer came. I think it was a safety. And he had time. He looked that way. He knew his running back is going to be open because they don't have enough guys to cover everyone with that extra blitzer. But yeah, Daniel Hyshaw in the open field, I, I think that's the type of play that's happened to Kansas a lot where you feel like the game is close or you feel like the other team hasn't played that well or Kansas is in the game. And then all of a sudden, one of those guys just makes like a game-breaking play and you're wondering, why can't anyone tackle or why can't anyone just bring him down or push him out of bounds or something? Um, that's a play that has happened to Kansas a lot. I've seen it happen to Kansas a lot. And when I think you're right, when Daniel Hyshaw did that, that was the first kind of indication um, that like, hey, Kansas has like legitimate serious talent that is is not just kind of this flash in the pan, lucky start catching teams off guard with the triple option. But they just got some dudes who are going to be able to make plays and they kind of continue to do through, do so. I got another play, Kent, that I want to ask you about. Uh, it was probably my favorite call of the game. It looked like a triple option left. Jalen Daniels stops, plants, sets his feet, goes the other way. And I thought the giveaway on this play is Jared Casey had lined up in the left slot. And usually when there's a run play, Jared Casey is going to be blocking involved in that run play. He's very good at that. He had run all the way across the field to the right sideline. Jalen's turn sets his feet, finds him. I think it was a first down conversion. I can't totally remember. It was. Uh, it was like a 20, I think it was like a 26-yard completion when it was all said and done. Yeah. Something. It was an explosive play. Yeah, I I, I don't, I, Andy Kotelnicki being in his bag is a thing that gets said a lot. But I, I saw someone tweet, um, like a reporter, or, you know, I'm not trying to blow anyone up, but someone who doesn't cover Kansas said like, Kansas just does like seven or eight things fundamentally very well and they do them over and over. That's absolutely true. Like Kansas has mastered some offensive fundamentals that allows them to, to you know, be very effective. This is an air raid. Like that's a very advanced thing down to just having everyone sell the play the right way to make sure the guy gets open on the end of it. And when I saw a play like that and thought that's one of that's one of God knows how many counters for the triple option that they have where they bring everyone going one way and all of a sudden the pass is going all the way down to the right sideline because Jalen Daniels has a ridiculously strong arm and can make a left hash to a right sideline throw. To me, Kansas is just scraping the surface of what it can do. And I think Andy Kotelnicki knows that. Like, I, I think he's introducing more and more a little bit every week. And you're right, the drop back passing game was so much more evident, um, so much more used this week, too. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, hey, hit the like button. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Leave comments if you if you want. Uh, it really helps us uh, kind of mm -hmm. grow this show as we're, you know, and, and it helps more Jayhawk fans find this show as we are doing it live. So please do that. Um, yeah. And so here's the thing. Um, that play was it was it was actually a they, they tried something similar last week it's mm -hmm. a kind of a leak concept you're getting a, a, you're getting a flow action one direction you're trying to pop a, you know a, a backside throw they actually tried that against Houston and it was a, it was another attempt to Jared Casey as well Jalen Daniels felt a little bit of pressure had to kind of scramble and had to kind of cut up field I don't think he gained very many yards it was actually uh, in plus territory for uh, for KU against Houston, so they tried a. It wasn't exactly the same. Mm -hmm. How they built, you know, how they presented it was different. It was a little bit more triple option look than true play action, I believe, uh, this time around. But that was actually a, something that they tried the week prior. I was blown away by the window dressing and the presentation of this concept this week more than I was last week, and the execution mm -hmm. was outstanding by Jalen Daniels, giving himself a little bit of time. That was just it was just a great play call and like. I do think, like, to your point, like, 
I'm not defenses have not figured Kansas out by any stretch. That's not what I'm here to say. Uh, I do think the way Duke was able to uh, get prepared in a week for Kansas and was able to take some things away to their credit um, is probably, you know, it's, it's a representation of what you are going to see moving forward for this yeah. team. Like you are going to start seeing that a little bit more. Yeah. And, and Ken, again, we've talked a lot about where this team goes from here. I want to, I want to hit before we get out of here, but I want to also talk about the defense a little bit and want to kind of gauge your temperature uh, where you feel about this team defensively, because what I saw today, again, I, I thought Kansas was pretty good in its run fits and, and just making sure that Duke had to be one dimensional. I saw a level of tackling and play on the outside, that I don't know that I've seen. Like I thought Jacoby Bryant may have made the best two tackles of his Kansas football career. I thought Kalon Gervin was tested. He was tested a few times. Absolutely. I thought he came through. Uh, I, Marvin Grant got run over on one play and then made sure to get the guy back. He absolutely smacked into him. I, I was tremendously impressed um, with how that secondary stepped up. I think they did some really good things. Um, they also put some stuff that are probably going to pr- bring you some concern. You know, uh, the tackling was great. I mean, and you're right. I mean, I, I think Romello Dotson and Jacoby Bryant go, both got banged up a little bit on a couple of those yeah. big physical plays out there. Um, I think there was a, an attempt for for Duke to try to get some plays out on the edge there. You know, they had their struggles trying to win at the catch point too this week. I mm-hmm. mean, there was some, you know, Duke Duke's offense. We talked about it at the top. A lot of Duke's offense was like, hey, let's let's try to throw to, you know, let's try to challenge outside and and try to make some plays on the ball and and hope we get some chunk plays with some, you know, some prayers. And they the prayers were answered a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. so like I do think that's something that you're going to, you know, I, I think you put on tape. I think you're gonna see more teams trying to take more shots outside similar to what you just saw. Like that's something that is probably going to happen a little bit more when Iowa state comes to town, but you know, I think you got to be pleased with some of the other things you saw out of that, out of that cornerback out of that secondary too. So um, it, things got a little real this week. I think Scott, mm-hmm. like in a lot of different ways, I think as KU fans, you know, four, no incredible. This is awesome. This is surreal. I think you can start looking at things a little bit differently. You know, sure, enjoy the ride, but now you know probably it, it's 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 a little bit more like okay, you know, things are things are getting things are heating up here. Might want to start kind of looking at some of the things that can or can't keep you from winning yeah. that fifth game. Now it's a little different. I feel now. Yeah. Well, we let's let's turn the conversation to the next two weeks because Kansas isn't just four zero. Kansas is four zero with two home games coming up. And I, I thought this game was extra huge for a number of reasons, one of which being you sold this one out. You're probably selling next week out. Iowa State will help some. They travel great, and they've had games where they had a lot of fans here too. But but Kansas fans will show up for this game. And then you've got that next game after that too against TCU. You could be looking down the barrel of three straight sellouts, certainly. I mean, really, you have to go one and one in your next two. And then you get six chances to finish thing this thing off with a bowl game where no one had Kansas. I mean, Ken, I was talking about the ceiling of this KU team being in the, the four to six range at the beginning of this season. I, I think if you're Kansas, you've, you've done everything you could through non-conference. You've survived that test against West Virginia where I, I felt like Kansas was the better team. Yeah, it does get real. And I think I think Lance Leipold was processing that after the game when we talked to him. I, I think he was, he was being pretty critical of like the mistakes and the errors and things KU w- was making like he always does. But when he was kind of asked at the end, he was like, what has surprised you about where this team is? Or like, what's different? Like, he didn't know what to say. Like, he he was speechless for a little bit. He thought about it. 
and he just talked about maybe their positivity and their resolve that when things are going wrong, they're still coming through and maybe didn't know they'd be able to do that. But yeah, this is, this is now just like, okay, Kansas is a good football team that has the chance to maybe finish in the middle of the big 12, if not higher, that has a chance to really stress teams offensively that has a chance to start five and one or six and oh, which would obviously be tremendous. I mean, this is the most wins Kansas has had since 2009 already. And the season is four games in, right? They've got two thirds of the season left. Um, expectations, everything is out the window. I, I think we'll need a few days to reflect on that and to kind of accurately put it back into context. But this opportunity being 4-0 with two games at home coming up, you never get things like this. And Kansas has something special kind of brewing here. Absolutely. And um, it's it's about to, I think, you know, things are about to get a lot more challenging. Like you yeah. are now in the teeth of, of, of you know, of, of Big 12 play. There are big, uh, Iowa State's going to be the toughest team that Kansas has played to this yeah. point. Uh, TCU is three and oh, beaten SMU, I believe, at SMU today. Um, those are two big challenges. Um, the good news is you have a really, really, really good quarterback, a really, really, really good offense, a trump card to hang your hat on. And if you know that, that's going to put you in a lot of games, it's going to give you a chance in a lot of games. And let's just see what happens the next eight, you know. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I'm uh, that this was a cool experience. It feels different emotionally for me. I think today, this is more sigh of relief. I think for a lot of KU fans than maybe Houston was Houston felt like mm -hmm. house money, the crippling expectations or <laughs> yeah, kind of, you know, the, how crippling expectations can feel. I think, you know, uh, can you answer the answered? And so that was massive. That was huge. That was a really, really fun game to watch. Um, Scott, I know you've got to get, I get out of here pretty quick. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I rant quickly? Can no, I, can absolutely. I do we need I a Scott quick. rant. So I, I don't like the top 25 as a rule. I, I think the top 25 is dumb because it's so much of it is based on preseason expectations, right? A team is preseason ranked 10, then loses to one. Now they're ranked 20. It's like, well, hold on. What have they done besides, you know, they've recruited. Well, I think people have an idea. So it all goes back to this question of, do you rank your top 25 by what they've done or what you think about them? Whatever. Kansas is 4-0 now. Kansas has, in effect, beaten three Power 5 teams, two of which on the road. The West Virginia game was the closest of that. Obviously, it went into overtime. Kansas was the better team and up two scores late in that game. Had kind of a fluky start. That's the only reason why that game was even close. Um, generally, I don't care about rankings. Like I said, I think they're dumb. This Kansas team deserves to be ranked. And it's not because they've taken anyone by storm. It's because four opponents have come in including a former Texas A&M defensive coordinator who captained, you know, like a, a phenomenal defense and said, I've got no clue how to stop these guys. Like the most success someone has had against Kansas gave up 35 points with Kansas taking its foot off the gas at several points because it was leading and basically having two fourth and ones that accounted for stops in this game. One of which they had a penalty. The other one, they were stuffed by the goal line. And a red that zone fumble. And a red zone, and that's the best. That's the most success anyone has had. So I think at this point, any anyone who is voting a team with any losses, frankly, over this Kansas team in the top 25, that's fine. And I completely respect if they're coming at it from the perspective of, oh, well, if these teams played in a neutral field, what would the Vegas betting line be? And that's totally fine. But that runs counter to college football and to what is happening here. And I realize it's a little hypocritical, again, just because of the opinion I do hold of that poll in general. Kansas is 4-0. Kansas has survived every test that has been put in front of it, 
and multiple Power 5 opponents, including road games, and backed it up by covering the spread against a Power 5 team at home. Okay? Kansas needs to be ranked, and Kansas is not the number 25 team squeaking into the poll. Like, I, I want to see Kansas jump all the way up into the top 20, and I want to see ESPN College Game Day come out here for Iowa State because I think that's going to be a lot of fun, too. All that being said, uh, Miami, number 25 ranked Miami's down 17-3 to Middle Tennessee State, and they're driving. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> real quick, the NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's not enough. Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays right now for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% without payouts bigger than ever or with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else to make things even sweeter. You can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sports app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. They are in there. Uh, thank you, everybody that's been watching. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. It's helping us grow this channel. Um what a fun day out at the booth. Um, it was cool to see this team respond personally. Just, I didn't realize how nervous, anxious I was as a lifetime KU fan. I didn't sleep well last night. I woke up in the middle of the night a little bit trying to, you know, and I, I mean, I felt it differently than I have. I haven't felt that about a football game since like Mahomes's first game as a starter in 2018. Like that's the kind of emotion I had and anxiousness I had. So to see this team respond in such a big way has been a lot of fun. Um, it's been really cool. And uh, yeah, we're going to enjoy this one. We're going to be back uh, later uh, next week, early next week to break down this game even further. We're going to be talking about Heisman candidate Jalen Daniels even <laughs> farther. Uh, I have a feeling, uh, especially after uh, you get more eyes on this game. For Scott National Chase, media here. National media here. Kent, the Athletic, I believe, was here. CBS Sports. Lots of people. I saw someone with a cheese at Bull shirt, too. Up. That is the that's the most important thing. Where's the cheese at bowl right now? I'm gonna start booking my. It, I'm it might start. have been canceled. They might have changed the sponsor on that. I'm I can't start, remember. I'm gonna start. It's in Orlando. Okay. It's in Orlando. <laughs> there's worse places to be. Just saying. Uh, uh, there's not many better places to be than the booth where Scott Chasen's at right now. I'm Ken Swanson. That's Scott Chasen. Thank you all so much for watching. Uh, the booth review post game show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button on the way out. We'll be back later in the week. Catch you later.